I'm average and screwed up enough that I might just make a podcast that will live forever, and then it's all going to be worth it. Hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Adam and Ben, new and selected podcast about the films of Ben Stiller and Adam Sandler. Today, I'm joined as always, my name's Lucian, by the way, I'm joined as always by my intrepid bandmate, Shane Kelly, fellow member of the Lone Rangers, and we're here to talk Mm -hmm. about the movie Airheads uh, from 1994, uh, starring Adam Sandler, Ben, no, no Ben, no, not Ben Stiller, uh, starring Adam Sandler, Brennan Fraser, Steve Buscemi, and others. And uh, I think the oldest movie we've talked about on the show, maybe the oldest movie we'll ever talk about on the show. Yeah, this is really early Sandler days. We love classic cinema here, Adam and Ben. Almost 30 years now. That's crazy. Yeah, almost 30 years. Um, But yes, we're here to talk about Airheads. Uh, The tagline in this movie is, they were a rock and roll band that couldn't get arrested. That was before they took an entire radio station hostage. I mean, couldn't get arrested. What? They were a rock and roll band that couldn't get arrested. Does arrested mean, like, discovered? Maybe. And then there's another tagline at the bottom that says... That's not even a tagline. That's like a... The the amps are on, but nobody's home. That's a bit better. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't get the top. The top one isn't really a tagline. It's it's more of like, yeah, in the 90s, they were big fans of like, this is two lines about what the movie is about yeah you get the heights of the three actors and here the, yeah the poster is against like one of those boards they stand you up and they take him to yes. custody in the police station so brendan is like just over six foot adam is Healthy about five nine yeah and then steve is about the same i doubt those are accurate also adam is stooping he's like he's like lunging please forward disregard everything we say about the actors heights yes just google it um, airheads is written in a pretty cool like heavy metal band logo type font and then the a has a little radio signal coming out of mm-hmm. it i have a real like thing for that kind of imagery i find like little radio towers to be very satisfying to look yeah. at i always like get a bit of a kick out of that so is it just radio towers or do you like when in general when they make letters look like buildings in various forms i of guess i like when letters look like buildings uh, with the exception of Gotham Cafe in Dublin, which looks hideous. Okay. Horrible. Okay. Uh, but no, the, yeah, the, the radio towers especially. Radio towers, I like that little, like, lightning imagery. I think it's cool. Um, this movie is set in a, mostly set in an environment with Shane and I are quite familiar, which is a recording studio. Hmm. And since we're never going to get to do a movie about a podcast, uh, a radio studio is the next best thing. Does this resemble the Flirt FM studio where we've both done our shows? Somewhat. Kind of. Well, Less Flirt FM than... has two studios. This radio station seems to only have one. Seems to only have one, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, so, yeah. yeah, we're one up for Flirt FM. There. Yes. There's there's definitely less security in Flirt FM. You can literally just walk in on sure. the street. Yes. Like, literally anyone can just walk in. Yes, this is like a heavily fortified radio station. Yes. Uh, they have a lot of free stuff there. Flirt mm. has the odd, like, t-shirt, but yeah. not a lot of other stuff. This is a cool studio where it's like a 360 one, I think. Yes. So you can, like, see. It's, it's right nice. Middle. It's a nice, like, American radio studio. Yeah um the plot of this movie is that uh there's a band called the lone rangers chaz rez and pip or the th- rex and pip are the three guys it's fraser buscemi sandler and they basically are like we can't get anyone to listen to our music please do not play with the noisy prop while we're recording it'll be very irritating shane is playing with a foam brick a uh, red foam brick one that um, listen didn't realize was foam until i threw it at him quite um, the airhead Am I not? Um, Quite similar to props they use in this film, actually. Yes, exactly. Uh, So they basically can't get anyone to listen to their music. So they basically, like, 
blah, 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 blah. They, they basically have, ugh, I've said that word basically so many times. Essentially. Essentially perform a siege on a radio station where they bring a very, very realistic replica gone into the radio station and demand that their music gets played. That's I it. Guess. They just hold it hostage. Yeah. See, they saw another band playing yes. a gig and they were like, oh, they became successful because they got their song played on the radio once. Uh-huh. So they go to that radio station, hold them at gunpoint and say, play our song. Yes. It's kind of a crossover of the movie Money Monster. Uh, or like Dog Day Afternoon mm-hmm. mixed with the episode of SpongeBob where Patrick records a song and brings it to the radio station <laughs> and climbs to the top of the tower and puts his song at the top of the radio tower. Well, I, this came out a lot before it, so I guess they're... They're kind of... They're pa- paying homage this. this. Yes. Yeah. Um, it does have that money monster thing where like, for some unex- inexplicable reason, a third of the movie is about the, what the SWAT team are getting up to. Yeah. Now in Money Monster, that is played totally straight. In this, at least, it's like Ernie Hudson and uh, Chris Farley are the are the cops. Sure. So there's a bit of comedy to it, but it's also incredibly uninteresting. Um, yeah, it doesn't add a lot. But if you have a movie where guys are siege are like doing a siege on one location, the only way to get out of that location is to either what are the cops doing? Even Die Hard is like this. What are the cops doing, or what are the girlfriends doing? Yeah, like I guess the cops are there because there needs to be like some threat on the life of the hostage takers. Sure. Like, there's kind of no villain in the film otherwise. Yeah. Well, Michael McKean is basically the villain. I guess, yeah. So Michael McKean is in this, who is, of course, a great comedy legend. I'll be honest, I didn't know who he was until he um, was on Better Call Saul. Um, that was my first exposure. Oh, he's... That's yeah. Chuck McGill. That's Chuck McGill. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. He yes. is a really good actor. He's really good in, in Better Call Saul. But then recently I realized that he's in, like, Spinal Tap. So that's why he's in this, because he's mm-hmm. associated with, like comedy rock bands um and i i do imagine this was probably like conceived off of the success of spinal tap a little bit yeah um i'm assuming that spinal tap is from a couple years before this i do think it is spinal tap is from 1984 so yeah there was probably like a couple of films that followed that were like what if there was a bunch of stupid idiots in a rock band um and this is one of them i think this film isn't particularly great but i like the idea it's a solid it's like a it's like a five out of ten sure but it's not like bad out of like the way it's made no it's i think just the premise in general isn't like that exceptionally exciting Yeah. yeah i don't think it's anywhere close to as bad as like envy no, no, which no. was like testing your sanity. This is a perfectly functional film. It's functional. Like, yeah, it, it is fine to watch once, and I did not need to watch it a second time. But also, it's not as much of a straight comedy as the usual Sandler. No, stuff. it's not. Like, no, it's, it's it's like, it's but a, that's my issue a, with it. It kind of exists I think so, in this yeah. gray area where it's like kind of a thriller, but the stakes are pretty low, and it doesn't have constant gags really, and it doesn't have any politics. Sure, Money Monster is like. Money Monster's not a comedy at all, but at least Money Monster, well, there, the, it's got like the hijacker has like an argument about sure. the, the only argument in this is that like the radio needs to be more inclusive of small acts. Yes, you don't even hear their music. <laughs> no, their, you, you hear a little bit of it, and it's it's rubbish. Yes, they don't like, have any politics. Yeah, there's just uh, but there's, there's like there's the whole there's no message really. Like there's it's kind of an undefined general like mm. anarchist sure theme anti authority yeah. anti authority, but like to no end. Yeah, like it's. The airheads themselves. So the, the title of the film would suggest that they are like comedically stupid. Sure, I was about to ask. Is like, but I don't word, think there's the word enough. airheads said in the film at all. 
I don't think so. I think airheads is just a pun on like. Oh, because they're on the air. They're on the air and they're stupid. Sure, yeah. And they have, they're like air guitar. I, I assume they'd have been called the airheads. Yeah. But I just think that they're not stupid enough. I think that the only one who even comes close to being like amusingly stupid is Sandler. The other two guys are just doing their usual thing, which like is Frazier like, isn't the stupid guy in this. He's no, like he's a very like sincere, shaggy, just like... shaggy stoner. And then Buscemi is just kind of like little weasel man. Yeah. And that's like both of their speciality, but they're not. You need to have guys in this who are like hilariously dumb. I guess Chris Farley is kind of there to do that as well. Chris Farley's kind of there to do that, but he seems he's like not an, in it he, very much. No, he feels like an afterthought that they put in. They put in at the last minute because he got big, maybe. Yeah, because like, Chris Farley's he, in he, very he few movies. He doesn't like. feel like he meshes with the rest of the. Film. No, no, him and Ernie. So Ernie Hudson, the the cop, is from Ghostbusters. Yeah, and then Chris Farley is only in in total like less than ten movies before he dies. Um, sure. Wayne's World, Coneheads, Wayne's World Two, Airheads, <laughs> Billy Madison, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja, Almost Heroes, and Dirty Work. Um, it's like ten movies in. Six years and then he dies. Um, so this is the last time we're ever going to talk about him on this show, which is pretty sad. <laughs> but yeah, he looks like he was like added at the last minute. It's like if you watch this now and like Pete Davidson shows up for five minutes and he never interacts with the main characters, you'd be like, they filmed this at the last minute. Yeah. I don't know if they did, but like he doesn't share any scenes with the three. No, main he characters. does not. No, he does not. Would this be better if you replaced one of the three guys with Chris Farley? Dare I say replace Adam Sandler with Chris Farley as the drummer? No. No, and he was this like buffoon. He wouldn't mesh well with the other two guys. I just think, like, I don't know. You could have put him as like one of the radio staff or something instead. Yeah, sure, sure. Like the, if, if you wanted him in there. Yes, like. I think the probably best performance in this is uh, is Judd Nelson from uh, Breakfast Club, who plays the like smarmy record exec who ends up offering them a deal at the end of the movie. He's pretty fun. His yeah. subplot is kind of interesting. He's like basically at the start, he's like, I can't take unsolicited demos. And then when they get on the radio and they make a name for themselves with this little like scheme, he starts to pay attention. And then by the end of the movie, he's like, wants to give them a, a shot. I mean, um, that is, I guess, that is the one point of politics in this. It's like, I suppose so, yes. Commercialization of yeah. music or whatever. But okay. he's basically doing Ian from Alvin and the Chipmunks in this. Sure, yeah. And that's a character type that I respond very yeah, well he's to. Yeah, just, just a grease ball. Yeah, I'm like greasy, goateed record, record exec goatee. with a horrendous goatee. That's my kind of character. Mm. He very is very much of a of a kind with uh, David Cross in the in the Chipmunks movies. Um, so I liked him in this. I thought he was really funny. I was definitely like the most engaged during his sure, yeah. scenes. Um, so Sandler does this in 94 and i'm gonna check now what the sort of chronology is um he does this immediately after he does coneheads he does airheads those were back to back what is coneheads coneheads is a dan well, the, movie he has a pretty yeah, small role in it i don't I've think seen he's, the before. he's not even on the main cast list i mean he's like michael mckeon is also in coneheads as is Chris Farley, as is David Spade. It's just a lot of SNL people from the time. Phil Hartman, guess, yeah. Jason Alexander. Yeah, Sandler's like 12th on the list. Hmm. So this is early. This is probably his, his biggest... Um, this is probably his like biggest role in a studio movie. First big role in a studio movie. And then Billy Madison's the next year. Sure. And then Happy Gilmore, and then we're off to the races. Yeah. So this is the last supporting part that Adam Sandler ever played. <laughs> um, yeah. Basically... Um, you could argue that the Meyerowitz stories is a supporting part. There's definitely another one I'm forgetting. Rain Over Me, kind of. Rain Over Me, he's definitely like the second lead. But anyway, 
uh, yeah, it's interesting that he's kind of like the background in this and is like a sidekick. And it's a very different type of performance from him. And he's good in it, but it's like very different. He's very quiet. Yeah, he's he's shy. He's shy. He's shy, Sandra. He's like, his bit in this isn't being like, I don't know, he's animalistic in a different... So normally he's animalistic in an explosive way. And in this, he's animalistic in like a mindless way. He's yeah. like a little like kind of... Bam- he's like a little... uh gibbon in the corner who's just kind sure. of like whimpering and like, like behaves on like his this. instincts without much thought yeah like, yeah he's like not he's, he's like yeah he's just yeah. kind of like this kind of idiot who follows him around he's a i guess like a good uh caricature of like a rock drummer who's like yeah. had his brains blasted out by loud, like, his, loud uh, like his whole bit in this is that he's kind of an idiot yes but he also like every woman loves him yes 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 he's like which incredibly is kind of contrast to the you the other stereotype in this film which is the Rockhead, just loudmouth. Yes, that women are kind of like yeah. put off by. Indeed, he's very sexy in this. I he is very sexy in this. I was, I thought he was very attractive. I liked his outfit. I thought he was like pretty stylish. Oh, I got the cool little earring. He could go to. On. He could go to NCAD. He's. Oh like, no! If he was walking around Dublin, <laughs> yeah, today, people would think he's very stylish. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, no, very yeah, nice, full, almost front nude, nude of him. <laughs> yes, um, so, the beanie coming to use there to. It's interesting. It's like the last age where he could kind of get away with. How old is he in this? Uh, a bit of maths, like ninety four. He's born sixty six. So I can't do. Uh, twenty eight. Yeah. Yeah. He looks younger. He does. He looks our age. He looks twenty three. Yeah. Interesting. Um. So obviously, this is, I guess, the only time in this show we're ever going to talk about Brendan Fraser. And that's kind of why I wanted to do the movie. Brendan Fraser is the best um but he's also like not really like in many movies that are great enough to talk about so it's kind of hard to like celebrate him he's just a delightful presence just a nice culture. guy he's i love him as an actor i love watching him and stuff he's a nice guy he deserves to be celebrated however he's in so few good films that it's like very unusual that you'll get to be like hey it's time to talk about brendan fraser movies because yeah. they're just like not a lot of them are very good but He's in one film. He's in one that I like, love, 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 love that I've done podcasts about before, which is uh, Looney Tunes back in action, which is great. First thing I ever saw him in. But even in that, he's playing very much just like at that point, a parody of the types of characters Brendan Fraser have been playing for the last couple of years. Sure. In that movie, it's like, you know, Brendan Fraser from The Mummy. Well, this guy is his stunt double. And in that film, he literally plays Brendan Fraser's stunt double. Oh, yes. DJ. And at the end of the movie, he meets Brendan Fraser and Brendan Fraser and he punches Brendan Fraser in the <laughs> face. Um, Doesn't he do another like semi-animated thing later on? That's just like terrible. Uh, a few. <laughs> oh, really? Well, he's not in Yogi Bear or something. No, he's not in Yogi Bear. He's in Furry Vengeance. Sorry, Furry Vengeance. Furry Vengeance, I don't think is like super animated in the sense that like the animals in that are just animals. They don't talk. Are they? No. Oh, okay. No, the animals in that are just like wild animals that go crazy. Oh, I thought it was like a Why sort of I... Dr. Doolittle kind of job. No, there's no talking animals, I don't think. Why have I never watched Furry Vengeance? That's like such a thing that I would like. I just missed it at the time and then I never caught up. I'm going to watch that soon. Um, Ken Jong is in Furry Vengeance. Is he? Yes, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Brendan Fraser's... So Brendan Fraser, obviously, like, delightful guy, Canadian. There's like this whole thing, basically, there's two dual reasons why he... Um, I guess like vanished one is that he was assaulted and the other is that and kind of like blacklisted by by sort of virtue of the person who had done that who was like a powerful hollywood figure and then the other thing was that he 
broke all of his bones and was like physically fucked because he like did all his own stunts for a couple of years oh really and he just like fucked himself up and by the time they were making like the mummy three he was like had fucking ice packs taped to his fucking back and stuff like he was Christ. in so much pain so he's just like i can't do action anymore i'm fucked and he like gained a lot of weight and whatever but like he looks great he's was got he this... ever really an action star i guess the mummy though he did three mummies yeah he did journey to the center of the earth oh yes he did no, like all through the like early 2000s, he was doing action. George of the Jungle. Mm. No, he was definitely like an action star. Um, I mean, his run from like the late 90s to the early 2000s is amazing. Like you've got just in terms of like these films were all hits. Yeah. Like The Mummy, Bedazzled and Monkey Bone, which is not a hit, but it's a crazy movie where he um, swaps bodies with a horny animated monkey. Yes. That's fucking. Oh, <laughs> I would do a Bren- I would do a Brennan Fraser podcast just to talk about that um because he starts behaving like the horny monkey anyway uh, i've seen something about that i've definitely talked to you about it mummy 2 looney tunes then he's in crash um where he plays the husband of sandra bullock who plays the character who's so racist she falls down the stairs (laughs) um then he's in journey to the end of the night journey to the center of the earth the mummy three they're not related uh the mummy three then he's in ink harsh gi joe extraordinary measures uh which is him and harrison ford uh furry vengeance and then it's like a bunch of random crap. And then he's basically back now with, uh, he was in this FX show Trust. He's in the Steven Soderbergh movie, No Southern Move. And he is about to be in the Scorsese movie, Killers of the Flower Moon with DiCaprio and De Niro. And he's the star of the new Darren Aronofsky film, The Whale, where he plays a 600-pound bisexual called Charlie, who tries to reconnect with his 17-year-old daughter. But he is like just kind of like, on his couch all the time and it's coming out in 2022 and i'm fucking psyched for it um does that soderbergh film come out yet came out about a year ago and i turned, that's the karen culkin one yeah and it was julia fox karen culkin him yeah and it was so boring i turned it off really i can't because you were you showed you sent me the trailer yeah like, look I, at this yeah three guys in it yeah i can't never I, heard a peep out of it again cannot watch steven soderbergh films anymore really? they are in, so to impenetrable to me i find them oh. so boring it's like hard to believe it's like even just like a heist film or something it's like 20 minute conversation it's all shot with a fisheye lens that's fucking oh, weird you might like it I, it's oh, a okay. stupid movie anyway but he's back and everyone loves him and he's a bit of a meme icon because he's just so well liked and but also no one could tell you a brennan fraser movie they love apart from maybe people who grew up with the mummy but i didn't uh but looney tunes is great anyway i didn't say anything original or interesting there i just think brennan fraser is great and we're never gonna get to talk about him again so do you have any brennan fraser takes not really like you've I've seen never... him in anything really i've seen like the mummies and i've seen sure. journey to the center of the earth yeah he was just one of those guys in those, those guys who was like, around yeah yeah he was like he's in kid aimed films somewhat yeah. he was just a big name when yeah. we were children and I'm sad to think that children who are like 10 now will never know who Brendan Fraser is. Yeah. Because like they probably won't if he pivots to Scorsese films. Mm. He'll become an adult beloved character actor perhaps, but I don't think he's going to get the like family audience. Yeah. I never developed like affection for him. Affection for any actor really when I was like a kid. I guess so. I was you, just like, oh, that's a guy in a movie. You weren't watching things on a loop. Like, I, like I've seen I wasn't that. watching things for people in them until yeah. like... Me, I, I never watched I a film. I never watched a film for Brendan Fraser as a child. Sure. But I watched Looney Tunes back in action like thirty or forty times. Yeah, yeah. So to me, his performance in that is like very special to my heart. I guess I did that as well, but I never like kind of 
the actors weren't the thing that you developed a relationship with. Yeah, I just liked the stories yeah, or sure. whatever the aesthetic of the film was. Or yes, just... that's fair. Uh, but no, I think there's there's rarely in the world been greater in the history of cinema. There's rarely been better comedy chemistry than with Brendan Fraser and Daffy Duck in Looney Tunes. Really? Like they play yeah. so well off each other, it's so great. Um, <laughs> yeah, they should have got Daffy Duck in this all together. Daffy Duck should be in this <laughs> instead of Steve Buscemi. Uh, I'm not going to go into Steve Buscemi right now because he's in uh, he's sure. in more Sandler's. And his character is probably the least. Interesting his Sandler's in not this. interesting. Yeah, and he's in more of these movies. Yeah. But this also has a bunch of other people in it: uh, Reggie, Kathy, Dave, Arquette. Harold Ramis, Rob Zombie's in it as himself for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Judge and a bunch of other people. Um, there, as always, we have to talk about the actress who plays the uh, Sandler love interest. In this case, it is an actress called Nina Simazko. I think. Oh, she is in the West Wing. I knew it. I said Simazko. she looks like a West Wing, and she is. She looks. Like she a looks West like a West Wing. Yes, I knew it. This is the actress who plays the older daughter of the president in the west wing elizabeth moss is the daughter who gets kind of the most she gets the most screen time but this is his older daughter she gets like married to fancy doctor man and she's also in the american president that's funny Mm -hmm. uh yeah so that's who she is no wonder okay she's in loads of tv shows um and that's who she is she's also in gta san andreas as pedestrian Uh, (laughs) wow this character is uh not up to a lot she's just thirsty for sandler as yeah. we as we all are watching it so i she's guess she's also a bit of an airhead i guess bit of an airhead yeah she's just kind of like oh <clears throat> wow that was a weird noise she's just like oh you're so attractive um whatever she's fine she's not like a great icon of female characters but you know good to have her around good to have her around um the class corner the guys in this i guess are like a certain breed of like musician schlubby musician yeah and i guess in a country where there's like no government support for that for the arts yeah, yeah like this that Sam's, makes you a bum like yeah he's they're bums yeah 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 but he has like like the opening his girlfriend kicks him out because he's not yes. contributing to rent or anything yes 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 and he owns a motorbike he owns a motorbike um and the two the other two boys work in a toy shop they do work in a toy shop they do have jobs yeah yeah, and that's just, where he gets the toy like, gun. Yeah, yeah, retail, I guess. I don't know. Yes, yes, yes. Um, where are we going to place this character, Pip, on the Alex to Alex scale? I think we got to rename the scale. I don't think we got to rename okay. the scale. But he's. Uh, I think the scale is called the Alex to Alex scale for a variety of reasons. It was the first two films we did. And all well, it wasn't <laughs> the first two films we did. It's that there's two Ben Stiller characters, both called Alex. Sure. Um. So. I think he's this is the most tame. We're putting him, putting him right beside Alex the Lion. Sure. We're putting him, yeah, but, but to the left of Jill and Walter Mitty. Yes. A, a good bit to the left of Jill, I think. Yeah, he right, like he right doesn't get into Alex. hysterics yeah. at all in this. Not at all. Right under Alex the Lion. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and uh, would the movie work with Ben Stiller? I don't think this character is like. I think if Ben Stiller did that, it'd be a simple Jack kind of job. <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> ben, yeah, Adam Sandler was better at playing thoughtless and bit stupid, ditzy like. Yeah. yeah, Stiller trying to do it just looks kind of offensive. Yes. Well, because ultimately, this is kind of just the flip side of what Sandler does in Punch Drunk Love, where he's like complete idiot, right? 
Like it's simple, simpletons. It's a different kind. I think Stiller is too smarmy to do simpletons like Sti- in a charming way. I think it does. Yeah, like Zoolander like, isn't charming. No, Zoolander is, is obnoxious. Like. Yeah. But Zoolander is kind of Zohan adjacent sure. more so than this. I think Zohan and Zoolander are more But comparable. I still think it's more charmed Zohan than Zoolander. I agree. But I just think I like Adam Sandler more. I think okay, that's just, okay. I don't know. Um, like Stiller could have done, like, again, some of the other characters. Absolutely. He could have done. He could have been the radio host. or He could have been Buscemi. Yeah. I just don't think Buscemi needs to be in this. I think it could just be the two others. I guess you need a trio, I guess. I don't know. I guess so. I just liked Steve Buscemi so much and felt like he was very wasted in this role. Sure. I don't know. Anyway, this movie had a budget of $11.2 million and it grossed $5.8 million domestically. Mm. Um, do you want to load up the opening weekend there? It. Can you uh, fire me on the link? I sent it to you on WhatsApp. Oh, did you? bit of behind the scenes action there oh you did um also i think this film has like a very stupid depiction of the cops in it sure they're like very liberal just like letting everybody party yes like, that's oh fair. yeah fine we'll turn the music back yes on yes <laughs> um okay. oh yes i'm oh, sorry before we finish the score for this film is by carter burwell uh one of my favorite film composers composer of a serious man twilight most Co- all coen brothers films he did the music for this oh oh and it was written, we should shout out, by Rich Wilkes. And Rich Wilkes is actually a musician, but he wrote Triple X. Um, he wrote Triple X, The State of the Union. And he wrote Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. And he wrote uh, Jerky Boys, the movie. And he wrote The Stoned Age. He's basically he's basically just a, a Triple X guy. Sure. Anyway. There's nothing particularly exciting about the writing in this. Nope. It's just solid. Tells the story, I guess. Yeah. Not particularly. It's not a funny film. I don't think it's funny. Anyway. Funny. Give us a opening weekend. Uh, this movie came out when? August 5th. This is the week. August 5th of, of 94. Yeah. And okay. it opened at number 10. Fantastic. What a success. Number 10. Excellent. Excellent. Can you, do you know what number one was at this time? I couldn't possibly guess. I don't know 994. You're going to have to look all of these up. <laughs> I know. I see the two and three are big films. Okay. You'll okay. Know. Okay. Um, number one is something I've heard of, but I... Sorry, I have to read out something else I found on Wikipedia. Okay. There's great. a section of the Wikipedia page called Estonian Subtitling Error. Oh. In 2002, the film was shown on Estonian TV with the word, and now I'm going to uh, describe, an, offens- an offensive term for <laughs> people with intellectual disabilities plural version sure beginning with or being subtitled as tiblad a word with an entirely different meaning eniken lanes the translator of the subtitles apologized for the translation error stating that she was unaware of what tiblad meant that is an estonian ethnic slur referring to a russian or a soviet what a weird thing to be on this movie's wikipedia page the subtitler apologized and is and it's on Wikipedia forever that that they did that. They translated a one offensive word for another. Yeah, or an American slur for Ameri- for uh for an Estonian a slur word. against like disabled people for, for uh, one against one Russians. Russians. What a bizarre. Th- okay, right. Shows you the priorities exactly. <laughs> right, number one. All right. Uh, this is a film, and the poster is Harrison Ford wrapped in an American flag. Air Force One. No. 
uh it's one of the jack ryan ones so it's like uh it's yes it is it's it's a jack ryan and it's called um oh 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 what kind of what kind of title like give me the idea of like the 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 rhythm of the, the title what kind of sentence is it adjective and an adjective noun adjective and an adjective noun Oh, it's something. It's something. For uh, the thing, the something and something. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know, I know what it is. It's uh, pure and present, clear and present danger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Also <laughs> featuring yes, 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 yes. Willem Dafoe. Cool. I'd watch that. Yeah. You know that. You know how many. You know who else has played that character? Oh, Jack Ryan. You know who else has played the character of Jack Ryan? Who? Alec Baldwin. Oh. Okay. Ben Affleck. Chris Pine and John Krasinski. Oh yes, this is the John Krasinski. Shtick. Yes, this is Jack Ryan, the Tom Clancy character. Like, yeah. CIA. Propaganda they keep show. rebooting it, the character. Yeah. yeah, there's a Baldwin, Ford, Affleck. Weird. He's like Bond for like chunky American men, like yeah, for j- square jawed American guys who live guys. in Virginia. Yes, it's weird, right? Anyway, keep going. Sounds awful. Yeah, I've seen the Chris Pine one. It's the only one I've seen. Pretty. I watched it because Kira Knightley was in it. Directed by Kenneth Branagh. Anyway, keep going. Keep going keep okay, going. let's not go there. Keep going. Okay. Uh, next up is big comedy. Uh, from nineteen eighty four. Yeah. Is there like one big male star in it? Yes. Is it Jim Carrey? It is. Is it the mask? It is the mask. Yes. <laughs> the mask scared the fucking hell out of me when I watched it as a child. It is a freaky movie. Then I watched it again as a teenager, and I became obsessed with the scene where he goes it wasn't me it was the one-armed man <laughs> which is one of my favorite lines uh i haven't seen it in years uh son of the mask the sequel that does not star jim carrey famously one of the worst movies ever um but the mask is pretty good like it's pretty fun cameron diaz's like first movie i think i think it might be her first movie huh. she's really good in it anyway mask is good mask is good number three pulp fiction no far as gone yes had to be one of those two. Yeah. Oscar winner for the year? Forrest Gump, yes. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Best picture. Uh, not deserved, but I do like it. Not a lot to say about that. Real simple Jack type movie. Sure. I mean, I, I, when I was a child, when I was like when I was like 14, I would have been like, oh man, Forrest Gump, five-star movie. So good. So good. And then I grew up and I was like, mm, it's not really that good. Like, if you compare it to other sentimental 90s movies like Shawshank and The Green Mile, it's really not half as good as they are. Like, fucking... It's like not Robert Zemeckis' best, even. It's just like fine. Hmm. Like it ha- does. It's annoying. Feel large and significant. As it's like, yeah, it's like worth showing your kids, I think, just because it's so big culturally. But I also think that like a lot of it is spent on like boats and doing shrimp stuff. And like a lot of it's very boring. Yeah. And also its depiction of like hippies and people with AIDS is not very tasteful, but it's fine. I guess it's a representation of the. The, 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 yeah, it's the a American it's a fucking view boomer ass Ronald Reagan movie. Like that was it. Like, I heard the point made before that boomers love it, but yeah. like millennials hate it. I think it's yeah, kinda, it celebrates those years from the seventies to the nineties. Yes, and then anyone who watches it now is like, why this wasn't good? What are you talking about? No, but the <laughs> the stuff that's been yeah uh, celebrated led to a lot of shit. Exactly, that's what they time. mean. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like everything not that, critical at all. No, like the Vietnam War and stuff and all yeah. that. Like in. It's yeah. That all had bad results. Yeah, and it makes for the hippies present. look like assholes for protesting the war. And sure. Anyway, stupid. Anyway. Next up, another comedy. Okay. Would I know it? You'll know the name. I'm not sure. Is you, there yeah, a big male star? Kids. Very little stars. Little rascals? Yeah. 
I don't know anything about Little Rascals. I've never seen it. I know the DVD cover to see. It has a bit of like an Annie vibe. Sure. Home Alone, Annie, somewhere in that school of thought. Probably bad. Mm. Next up. Okay. Action movie. Famous. Yeah. Big male star. Very big. Bruce Willis. No. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, True Lies. True Lies. That is a James Cameron film that Mm. I have never seen. That film apparently is currently unavailable to purchase legally anywhere. It's out of circulation. You can only get that film by torrenting it or watching it on television. It is not available on any streaming service. And the DVD and Blu-ray are... I think this is correct. I know it's not any streaming service in okay. America. I think the DVD and Blu-ray are, like, out of circulation in the U.S. Like, like you could it get, was forced out of it? No, like, they stopped making them. And then it didn't get on any streaming services. And now you can't buy or rent True Lies without finding either a second-hand DVD. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong about the DVDs. There might be DVDs of it. But it's definitely not any streaming Ah, there's service. surely some going around. And Oh, there's de- you could definitely yeah. get it for, like, relatively cheaply. But apparently if you want to buy, like, a new... If you want to, I don't know. If you want to like legally directly pay the studio to watch True Lies, there's yeah. no way to do it. Who owns the rights? They fucked up. 20th Century Fox, I think. They fucked up. Like Disney, okay. Disney owns it. Like they fucked up. Weird. They just like they forgot to put True Lies anywhere. <laughs> anyway, James Cameron. <laughs> it just lost. It's lost. People are going. Yeah, we oh we lost True Lies. Shit. Does anyone have it taped? Um, to be fair, like James Cameron obviously has Avatar two coming out in December, so we're gonna all be buzzing about True Lies. I've never seen it. Next up is... Yeah. I think it's one of my favorite types of films. Prison. No, it's like, it's a real <laughs> film that I'd only watch when it comes on TV. Because it comes on RT2 at like half 12. Yeah. Is it a legal night. legal thriller? Yes. It's set in a courtroom? Yes. The Firm? No. Close. Uh, the Verdict? No. Uh, is it The Something? <laughs> uh, the... It's not like Runaway Jewelry. No. It's not... Uh, the is Al Pacino in it? No. Is Gene Hackman in it? No. Is Paul Newman in it? No. Is who else would be in it? Is Matt Damon in it? No. It's not the Rainmaker. No. Harrison Ford's not in. it Harrison Ford's not in it. No. Who else would be in this? This Lee, uh, McConaughey's not in it. Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones is the star. The client. The cl- I don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> he's just... he the star. No, he's like he's on the poster. Who else is in it? He's like like he's the main guy when you like look at the letterbox thing. He's in the header thing okay. and he's in the photo. But who and uh, Brad Renfro that looks like a kid. What is the f- what's it called? The the, the client. Client. Sounds okay, terrible. Uh, a district attorney out for a conviction. A new lawyer out to out of her league. A young Susan Sarandon is okay. Susan Sarandon and him. Oh, directed by Joel Schumacher. Rest in peace. Huh. Pretty good cast. Mary Louise Parker. Yeah. Interesting. That was a big success. The poster says, chilling, riveting, Susan Sarandon, Tommy Lee Jones, the client. The client. Oh, wait, there's another tagline. Uh, a, 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 a dunning, a dumping, a temping. This is very low res, guys. <laughs> okay. A, dust, a, dust, a, district, a attorney. district attorney could confirm. Out for a conviction. Out for a conviction. A new lawyer. I literally just read this out a minute ago. Oh, you were, <laughs> this right. is the top of the. Never mind. This is on the top of the letterbox. Tommy Lee Jones on the poster. I can't do this for the people at home. No, he's Tommy doing Mr. Burns' like, fingers. Yes, his fingers are all pressed together from his thumb to his back to his pinky in a really funny way. He's doing this in the poster, and he's doing this in, in the, the still from the in film. The still, in the, in the, <laughs> is the still not just the poster? Like the poster is the still. No, it's like. They're slightly oh, that's different. That's a different image. Yeah, <laughs> he did it twice. He did it twice. He actually does the entire Something film. Something tells me 
he might be a villain. He might not be such a nice guy. No, he's conflicted. He is conflicted. Yeah, he's he got a conflicted. he's got a choice to make. He has a choice. Okay, probably. What's I don't next? know. I might watch that. Very tight, solid two hours. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we got an animated film from 1984. Yeah. Oh, this is a Toy Story. Big hit. Nope. Lion King. Yeah. Boring. Mm. Now that and then talk I about films I've never I seen it. Talk about films that you have never seen it. No, nope. that's funny because like I'm usually called a freak for having not seen it till I was 15. I have no interest. The Lion King fucking sucks. It's terrible. The Lion King being good is like the biggest lie that people 10 years older than us try to convince us of. But then again, kids went to see the remake and they loved it. So like I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. Lion King's like my least favorite intellectual property. It's all the things I hate the most. Fucking Elton John. fucking white people doing the voices of of african animals which we've talked about at length on our madagascar episodes and uh stupid 90s disney bullshit oh none of that is particularly convincing i probably wouldn't linking sucks like part of not liking it is the fact that people like it so much yeah people are like so hysterical about it i'm like this can't possibly be this good and then i watched it and it wasn't and the way that it has like the way the remake just has fucking John Oliver playing a bird. It's just like, I don't want to deal with that. That's not, I, I, I don't need that remake. in, yeah, with all our favorite actors. Seth Rogen, Donald Glover, and John Oliver. Beyonce? Beyonce, Eric Andre, Keegan-Michael Key, and, uh, of course, uh, right. I think that's everyone I can think of. Was James Harden in it? No, he wasn't, thank God. I feel like, he, uh, No, he was not. He was not oh, in that film. promo shit for it, James Corden, I know, there's probably a lot of like. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, never mind. Next up, yeah, we've got a real film. A real film. It's a film we like. Oh, it's got an actor we like. As an actor we like. Oh, I don't know actors we like. Uh, the tagline is a cop, uh-huh. a waitress, a cop, a waitress, a lottery ticket, a cop, a wait. Oh, this is great movie. This movie is called It Should Happen to You. Could happen. It could to happen you. to you. There's a mo- another movie called It Should Happen to You. This is great. This is. Nicholas Cage and Bridget Fonda. Yes. And it's about a lottery ticket. It's just, he wins a lottery got ticket. It's a really nice poster. What's the poster? I just think that's really nice. That is really nice. That is really nice. Put that on my wall. Yeah. It's very cool. That's a lovely movie. That's like, I don't know. I, I can't remember much about it, but it's like a very like 1940s type movie. It's like a, it's a wonderful life adjacent, like a Frank Capra style yeah. rom-com about a nice guy who wins a lottery ticket and there's romance and Bridget fucking Fonda is a great fucking actress who should work again and uh like a nice kind of that's a really nice movie simple film i'd watch that soon that's really that's a good film i've seen that in years all right we're not gonna go much further no that's fine uh the next one is another disney film called angels in the outfield baseball yeah thanks okay uh next uh, that was number nine and then we got airheads airheads what's number 11 next we have we do know most of these to be fair yeah considering it's 30 this one let me scroll past number 12 so we'll go to 12 (laughs) almost 30 years ago next is a film with a single word in the title <laughs> i don't know it a was banana no it's like an action film i've seen it a razor uh, it involves a vehicle speed yeah speed's really good speed the best good. bit of speed is the first 10 minutes before jeff daniels dies <laughs> speed's good and i found out recently that someone I really like is in Speed as one of the passengers on the bus. And I don't remember who. Oh, it's Alan Ruck. Alan Ruck. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. If you told me there's a movie with Dennis Hopper, Jeff Daniels, and Alan Ruck, I'd be like, that sounds great. 
Yeah. And then you is this one where and Patrick Fisher, the guy from Mulholland Drive, the guy who gets scared by the jump scare. Oh he's yes, in it. yeah. Unfortunately, then you tell me that Keanu Reeves is in it, and I lose interest. Yeah. But speed's pretty good. Is this one where Jeff Daniels is a cop and like dies the yes. in a room? Yeah, that is. Well, sweet. he does at the very start. Sure, he's they're like, like him and like Keanu and him are SWAT team guys. Yeah, they go on a mission at the start. There. Know, There's like know. a little mini thing at the start. And yes, it's yes, a cold yes. open, and then they go in the bus. Yeah, I've seen this one. Dennis Hopper and and him end up fighting on a fucking very subway. Good. It's too long, and I don't like Keanu Reeves, but like that movie is almost two hours, and it should be 90 minutes. But what can you do? All right. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Do you want to do the last one? Oh, there's one more. Oh, there's yeah, sure. More. What is it? Uh, I've heard the name of this. I haven't seen it. It's oh, a Mike my. Newell film. Mike Newell, is it Into the West? Hugh Grant film. Four Weddings. Yeah. Mike Newell, director of Harry Potter, The Cup of the Fire. Mm-hmm. Competent British director. I would and call of course, him nothing more. Classic hit from 2010, I think. Prince of Persia. Prince of yeah, Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Don't forget the full title, The Prince of Persia, the Prince of Persia, the uh, colon, was written very The simple, Sands of Time, um, starring. Uh, yeah, he's made some movies. He's made a lot of he's made a lot of stuff. Prince of Persia was definitely for him like a bit of a time for me to retire. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they were obviously like, we'll give you loads and loads and loads of money to do Prince of Persia because you just did a Harry Potter. Sure. And he went and did Prince of Persia. And he was like, "No, thank you. I I did my I did my thing." Everyone who was in Prince of Persia basically stopped doing blockbusters after Prince of Persia. Gyllenhaal, Archerton, Molina maybe is in that. Ben Kingsley's definitely in it. <laughs> ben Kingsley kept doing those paycheck gigs because he's a weird guy. Anyway, we'll wrap that up. For we'll today. wrap that up for today on a on a high note. There, Prince of Persia. Airheads, airheads. <laughs> Okay, film. Watch it if you want. Mm, it's fine. Watch it if you want. Not, not the I would not. I would not tell you to go out of your way to watch it. Better than Envy. Better than Envy. <laughs> Slightly <laughs> higher on our ranking. Are we going to rank these films eventually? Yes, and I would say this is probably second from the bot. No. Is this no. better than the first Madagascar? I think... I think I'd put this second from the bottom. I think they're like more consistent. Like I've liked every film we've done apart sure. from Envy, and I think this is probably the, the second worst. Madagascar 1, for me, is the other one I don't like very much. We probably do have a bias of going for better films just first. We don't want to talk about rubbish, like. I know, that's But also, thing. I'm very eager to talk about a couple of... Like, Walter Mitty, I don't like, but I wanted to talk about it. I, I but it's better have, than I this. I have affection for it. I have affection Mitty. for it. It's better than this. Yeah. No, like, The Watch is terrible. And, I sure. want, and I've been trying to talk... I want us to do The Watch so bad, but that's mostly just... Did we do just, a Hoobie Halloween episode? No, not no, yet. No, even that's though we watched bad. it. Yeah, that's pretty, yeah, we watched it, and then we didn't do the episode. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah so like you'll probably fill out the bottom of our rankings yeah. like later on uh, chances the- are the next episode will probably be the watch because i really want to do the watch because i want to talk about billy crud up yeah okay anyway i wanted to do brendan fraser first though sure now i'm just gonna start picking movies based on like Who other they? actors yeah. i want to talk about yeah we're sick about them but yeah now. all right thanks for tuning in see you soon follow us on the socials and a very happy valentine's day for our uh, february 15th episode all right bye-bye